Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be so, he burned his burnt offering and his grain offering, and he poured his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings on the altar. He also brought the bronze altar, which was before the Lord, from the front of the temple, from between the new altar and the house of the Lord, and put it on the north side of the new altar. Oh, and when I read this, it just, oh my God of Israel. He's moving stuff around. Look at this. You can just get a sense of how bad Judah's apostasy had become by how fast even the priest Uriah said, yeah, I'll build it. Hey, I found this other altar in Damascus. Let's build one like it. Okay. And that was the priest. The priest just said, no, we can't do this. Remember the king that went into the temple and the priest ran in? You can't be in here. This is for priests to do. You need to get out, king. Remember that? Now you got this priest, yeah, okay, I'll build it. Guys, something's off. Something's bad, wrong. So they built this false altar, and Uriah was fast to build it. Ahaz came back. He had the, the Lord's altar moved aside. Put the false one here. Bam, perfect place. Yeah, that one of the Lord, get it, move, it, move it that way. Get it out of here. Terrible. He wanted this new altar to become the new place of worship. And that's the American church right now. We have a new way to worship. We got this smoke and we've got excitement and pizzazz and, and fluff and lots of instruments and, and atmosphere and hype and false fire. Move that, old, move that Lord's altar over. We got a new one that we're more excited about. Ooh, gosh. Hang on. So he comes to this new altar, false one new place of worship, the new place of priority. And then he offered the traditional offerings of Judah on the new altar, which means he's trying to look like he's doing right, but it's not the right altar. I've been in churches where they're doing all this hype, fancy stuff. I've been to a church that had a pirate ship with cannons. And the kids were like, and it was theatrics and they were trying to praise god through this stuff and it's just nuts but everybody's all excited about it but oh but but it's praise so there's enough to make it look like we're doing right so here he came and he did the traditional offerings of judah on this new altar you saw the offerings he put on hey yeah it's a new altar but look we're still doing it i'm trying to draw you some parallels guys of what's going on out there it's bad So what you have here is a king, he moved the true worship of God to the back burner 
while trying to maintain an image that looked like he was doing the proper things that God wanted. And now everybody will respect that, and that means everybody will do it. Now nobody's worshiping at the true altar the way God wanted it. Did you realize that what we did here from a video on a projector was worship? We don't have a 10, 15 piece band up here. It's still worship, guys. We're not going to hype you. I'm not a performer. I'm not theatrics. I don't have ramps and motorcycle guys jumping and stuff and parachutists and all that kind of stuff. I don't have all that. I'm not going to have it. I'm going to leave the worship between you and God and you put it on that altar where it's supposed to be. I'm not going to move God's altar over at all. So traditional offerings, hey, I must look right. So you got this true worship on the back burner and he's doing what looks like it's right. When in reality, he actually despised the Lord God over false gods. This is a guy that burned his own son, the Canaanite way. And he's at this altar around the temple trying to make it look right. He's acting like the devil on one hand, but he's trying to look right on the other. He's kind of trying to play both sides of the fence. You can't do that as a Christian, friends. You've got to pick one side, get on it, and stay there. 2 Kings 16, 15. Then King Ahaz commanded Uriah the priest, saying, On the great new altar, burn the morning burnt offering, the evening grain offering, the king's burnt sacrifice, and his grain offering, with the burnt offering of all the people of the land, their grain offering and their drink offerings, and sprinkle on it all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. And the bronze altar shall be for me to inquire by. Thus did Uriah the priest according to all that King Ahaz commanded. Okay, the bronze altar where it's really supposed to go down, that's for me. I'm the king. I will go up there and do that church, let me tell you something. I'm the pastor. You don't understand what's going on here. I will facilitate all that for you. Okay. You don't need a mediator. You have me. If I really meant that you'd leave. You should. There's pastors do that. They keep their people stupid. They don't go through the book. They don't go line by line. They keep you just dumb enough to need them and he says, yeah, that bronze altar, that, that's for me to inquire by. I will ask the Lord what goes down. And he's looking the part, right? Uh, and then I'll tell you what we got to do. This is a man that burned his own son like a Canaanite. I will speak to the Lord for you. <sighs> How bad of a society did this have to get? Good night. So at first he did his own offerings on the false altar, but then he gave orders for all the nation's regular offerings to be made on the false altar, altar also. What Ahaz just did here was hijack the Lord's system of worship the way the Lord wants it. He took it and he twisted it and morphed it and perverted it into something else that it's not supposed to be. And by the way, he also used the Lord's temple gear to implement it. What was dedicated to the Lord, he used it to do false worship. I hate seeing churches out there using what's supposed to belong to the Lord for false worship. It's terrible. It's a slap in the face. I want us to get an idea what Ahaz did to change the Lord's temple equipment that was used for sacrifices. We got a temple picture here. That's a main layout of the temple. You see the cutout of the temple. Uh, In the upper right, you see the bronze altar. That's the temple. It's the way Solomon had built it according to the Lord's instructions. The Lord says, that's the way I want it built. And so he did it exactly to that. 
the bronze altar that Ahaz moved, uh, verse 14 says, Ahaz moved the bronze altar from the front of the temple so that his new false altar would take priority. And then you can see what's called the sea. They called it the sea because it was a very large raised up water tank. It kind of was used like a water tower. They put, had a lot of water in that thing. And then there were some carts that were all around the side of the temple. Now, when it was sacrifice time, people would always bring their very best sacrifice animals to be slaughtered. We read in, I think it was Solomon's day, they were slaughtering tens of thousands of animals. I mean, it was big slaughter day. It was big sacrifice day. There's a lot of priests. These priests knew how to use knives. They knew how to butcher and cut. And they had, it was bloody, bloody mess. Sacrifice is a bloody mess. Jesus Christ's sacrifice was a bloody mess. Okay, so they're doing all this stuff. So the priests are going to be all around the temple tasked with the slaughter. They were preparing hundreds, if not thousands of animals for sacrificing them on the Lord's altar. That's where when they were carved up and done right, they were thrown on that 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 specific altar to be burned. And that is a picture of our sin being put on a sacrifice to be condemned is what that is. So that's how the layout of the temple was. Now, I want to show you a closer look at these items before we move on because they're going to be, we're about to be discussing it, and I want you to get a picture of what these things are. There's a cart, a picture of the carts. Okay, you can see these carts here, and they all have uh, water bowls in them. Uh, They were used as somewhat of a portable workstation so that the the priest could move the animal flesh around for sacrifice. So we got to go get another you know, we'd cart it over here, throw them on and come over here. It was a way to move it around and you had a little water supply that was with you. So you can see the, the bowl of water on top. It was used for washing. That was what the water was for. Uh, if any of you have ever cleaned a fish, one little small animal, you know what a mess it makes, okay? Very little blood, but it makes a mess. Every time I see a guy clean a fish, he's doing it at a sink where there's a little water going and he can do what he needs to do and the water washes so he can see what he's doing. That's kind of the point of this equipment here. Um, it kind of cleans the mess. You got to wash the blood and guts away. Plus you got to wash your hands too. It's, it was part of their job to be clean. They can continue to work better. Now let's show the C picture. There's the sea. It's the big bowl right there. That's called the sea, they called it. And it was lifted up high on bronze oxen. And it was kind of like a water tower, as I said. And their water supply was used to fill up the carts, as you can see in the picture. They would move a cart up and they'd throw a valve. And I guess the artist, I'm not sure that it says so in the Bible, maybe. I don't know if it came out of the, the ox's mouth or not, but that's the way they looked. And they would come throw a valve, they could fill their cart, and they could roll it away and go do more sacrifice work for what was going to be burned on the altar. So there's all these items that you need to be aware of. Now the altar picture, that's the altar, somewhat of an idea of the altar. Um, you can remember, I can remember some bad guys that tried to take over the throne. They ran to the altar and see the horns on the corners. They would grab the horns like, this is the place of repentance. You can't touch me now. And I remember King, uh, King Solomon said, I don't care if he's holding on to the horns or not. Kill him right there. And they did, you know, because they thought it was like, base can't touch me, you know. So uh, we remember that in past studies too. But that's where the, you would burn it. The, the best sacrifice was burned. It was consumed by fire. And fire was always representative of God's wrath against our sin. Also, if you remember, the Lord commanded the people to roast the lambs over fire. The, the wrath of God, it, was, it depicted that. Now, the point of doing this, the sacrifices is that people brought their sacrifice with no blemish 
to be killed and be consumed by fire. This is the way the Lord said, I want it done like this. I want this altar here. I want the sea here. I want the cart so the priest can do the work. Our priest did the work. King Jesus did the work of sacrifice, right? This is the Lord's design. Jesus would soon be our full sacrifice. He had no sin. He had no blemish. And the Lord took on the fiery wrath on Jesus on the cross for our sin. That's how we're saved. But this bronze altar that Ahaz had relocated elsewhere so that he could use the the new false altar instead, this is an intrusion in the design of God's plan of salvation for mankind. To save us took blood and guts. It took spilling of blood because sin is devastatingly barbaric. It destroys and it kills Jesus died for us so that we don't have to be killed. But before Jesus' time, this temple scheme was set up as it is in such a way to depict to the people that this is how the Lord saves his people, through sacrifice, through payment against sin. And Ahaz came and just changed it because he just wants to change it. And Ahaz used the tools of God's grand design. He he used God's equipment that surrounded the temple that was there to cover the sins of the nation of Israel, that was there to illustrate the the forthcoming gospel of Jesus that would work for our salvation, Ahaz manipulated these things. I am trying to convey to you how bad it was for Ahaz to do what he did. This was not good for him to do this. He changed stuff. Now, I've covered these carts and altars and the bronze sea in the past teachings before, but I wanted to give some of you that may not have been aware of it what these things looked like, what they were for, and why they needed to be kept where they were. I wanted you to be aware of what's happening. But let's read what else Ahaz did to pervert and manipulate the Lord's design. 2 Kings sixteen seventeen, And King Ahaz cut off the panels of the carts, and removed the lavers from them, which were those bowls, and removed the lavers from them, and he took down the sea from the bronze oxen that were under it, and put it on a pavement of stones. Okay, now you can't wash now. Now that's out. He's just messing up everything that, could, that was set up. And we don't exactly know why Ahaz removed the lavers and the bowls of water from the carts, and we don't know why he took down the sea from its elevated position from on top of the bronze auction. We don't know why he did all that. But just in my own view of this passage, when I read it, and I'm trying to gather what's going on, in my own view, Ahaz wanted to prevent the required washing that was needed to sacrifice animals properly. When you take down your water tower, you have no water pressure. You don't have a way to get it in the carts. You don't have a way to move it. You you can't do what the Lord told you to do. He is working, doing everything he can to prevent people from doing what God told them to do. That's why I want to keep it biblical in this church, because I want you to be enabled and easily able to conduct yourself the way God tells us to do it. I don't want to step in your way and go, well, that's, that altar's for me to inquire, and this, this is for me to do because I'm going to keep you down here because I'm the pastor, and you've got to come to me to get all... I don't want to do that to you. That's not the Lord's design. You can go and bow down before the Lord Jesus and say, forgive me, I'm sorry, and for, help me, Lord. You can do that all on your own in the privacy of your own home. You don't have to come to me. 
It's nice that you bring it in the body of Christ so we can be with you in it, but I'm not going to pervert God's design. So it prevented the priest from doing their work. And whatever it was that drove Ahaz to do this, the, the evil that he had in him, one thing I can say for certain is that Ahaz was operating in the most blatant disobedience to God's will that he could possibly turn out. He's trying to tear up everything that God said it needs to be this way. Do you see what a wicked guy he is? What he's doing? This guy is bad. Bad. So Ahaz deliberately and willingly manipulated God's arrangement for proper worship. Okay, y'all with me? I know I just blasted you with a lot. But look at this. 2 Kings 17, 18, also he removed the Sabbath pavilion, which they had built in the temple, and he removed the king's outer entrance from the house of the Lord on account of the king of Assyria. He further manipulated because the king of Assyria might get offended by that. He did every blunt manipulation of this temple sacrifice system that he could, He did everything he could to offend God, but let's not offend that king of Assyria. See, a lot of people in the world acting like that today, they would rather offend the Lord than offend everybody down here. I'm just painting parallels to you on what this guy's doing. So he made changes to the temple, don't offend the king of Assyria. Now see there it says he made more changes on account of the king of Assyria. He needs that king. He needs that king to help me. David would have said, "Uh uh-uh, let's go to war, buddy. I ain't moving. No, he needs the king. People that need their money, they will appease money. People that need their friends more than God, they will appease their friends and never try to work to satisfy the Lord God. It's terrible. And when you do that, you manipulate your worship with God. Don't do that. Don't be Ahaz. So he changed it from what the Lord wanted into another way that what Ahaz wanted. 2 Kings 16, 19. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaz which he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Ahaz rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. Then Hezekiah his son reigned in his place. The Bible is basically saying here, if you think this is so outlandish that you can't believe it, look it up in the Chronicles of the Kings. It's right there. Because you know some people were going to see this and go, no way, man. The Bible says, look it up in an alternate source and we'll, it'll be verified. So when I read about all this manipulative changes that Ahaz made to the Lord's temple, changes that he made to suit his own tastes, keywords there, to suit his own tastes, and when I see how blatant he was about it, it disgusts me that he would do so, go so far to do so much damage to insult the Lord God. It, I was disgusted reading what he did, because I know what those temple things are for. I hope I did enough to, to explain to you what they meant. I hope I conveyed that effectively. But I'm disgusted at what he did. So, I want to ask, are you thoroughly disgusted what Ahaz had done? Rearranging the worship system. I hope you're disgusted with him because then our application segment of this chapter is going to pack a lot more punch. The more disgusted you are with Ahaz, the more you're going to see what I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) And the Bible is trying to tell you. So get your steel-toed shoes on because here it comes.
And actually, I was saying that when we get in that new building lease, I have a pulpit in my living room that needs to be out of my living room because it's taking up space. But it's, it's got, you know, I'm going to keep a pair of steel toe shoes in the bottom of it. And I'm just going to, anytime anybody starts squirming, I'm just going to take them out and throw them on the floor. You can come put them on anytime you want. So here it comes. It's going to get real in here, guys. But I figure this is why you come here, okay? I'm, I can't play around when I see this stuff. So here, I'm just going to let you deal with it. First, we need to observe what made Ahaz go off the rails in the first place. It says he followed in the ways of the kings of Israel. He let other people say, come on, do it the way we do it. Come on, it's all right to do it like this. But the Bible said, no, it's okay now. And you'll start doing like everybody else. He followed the ways of the kings of Israel means he followed their false gods Following false gods will make you do wicked things. Wicked things. And not only that, it will also bring big trouble in your life. We got two kings after him. He lost a port town. This guy's a mess. Burned his son. He's messed up. It'll make you do wicked things. It'll bring you trouble. Ahaz was confronted with guys that were trying to get him. And he didn't consult with the Lord. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very, present, a very present help in trouble. How many times, and I'm putting my hand up first, you don't have to, but I'm going to tell you, yeah, that's me. When you get in trouble, you get freaked out because you literally forgot that God is very present. Very present means he's in here. I know you came in with your own troubles. I know you came in here with your own problems and you're worried about it. Let me tell you something. Worry is the red flag that you don't remember God's very present. You need to switch over to faith. Worry is your red flag that something's wrong. You need to throw that switch and get back to the Lord. Consult with him. Psalm 32, 7. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I feel better reading that. I really do. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. There's some days I forget. And I'm guilty of this. I do forget. But Ahaz rejected the Lord. He would not consult with the Lord God on what to do about his trouble. He should have remembered King David. That was his forefather. He was closer to David than any of us. He should have remembered, oh, nope, there's promise in Judah. I don't have to worry about you guys. The Lord God will take care of me. God, what do you want me to do? He didn't ever do none of that. He manipulated everything. I recall David. He always consulted with the Lord on what to do. David also consulted with military leaders all the time. He consulted with his captains. The same with Joshua. He consulted with the Lord God whenever he went to battle, except for one time. You remember that? When Joshua, he went to battle against the city of Ai. He had just had a victory over Jericho. The walls fell down. Yay. And when it come to AI, let's just go get him. He didn't ask the Lord what to do. And you remember what happened? He got beat. Just had that, that victory at Jericho. Didn't ask the Lord. Got beat. Had to come crawling back to the Lord. Joshua consulted. And then the Lord showed him what he needed to do. And Joshua went back to AI again. And this time he won. Don't do anything without asking God first. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.